Welcome to the podcast M&A War Stories. You're joined by your hosts, Robert Heaton and Toby Tester. Each week, we walk through M&A projects where we've been involved in the course of our careers, unpacking the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our purpose in doing this is to leave you, the listener, with valuable lessons and experiences that you can use in your own M&A projects. So without wasting any more time, let's get this podcast underway. Hey, Toby, how's things in Sydney? Well, let's see now. Uh, Not wet. Well, yeah, wet as ever, I'll tell you what. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I don't know what to say, Rob. I mean, it, it just like rains and rains and rains. And I tell yeah. you what, the Hunter Valley got a big time this time. I'd Where? So there, I saw I, and uh, it's amazing just how much rainfall it is. And uh, I don't know whether it's a La Nina or El Nino, but whatever it is, I understand that we're going to be getting more rain for the rest of this year. There doesn't seem to be any let up. It's just chucking it down. It's, it's interesting. And we are, I mean, occasional rain here, but nothing that you would write home nothing, about. Nothing. Except, no. except it's damned cold. I can damned tell you that. Cold. It's okay. damned <laughs> cold in Melbourne. Now, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Last time we spoke, we were on a bit of a roll about value creation in M&A deals. Yes. And we've just been having a chat five minutes ago, and, and you sort of said, look, value creation is, there's three parts to it. There's value preservation, which is ensuring that the you don't the, you don't you don't mess it you up. Don't lose value in the you deal itself. It, yeah. You don't mess it up. Yeah, right. yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's what I call the bleeding obvious. That's it's capturing what was actually in the original deal thesis. Yeah, 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 and it's all your back office consolidation. It's, it's and the all stuff that that's in the investment thesis. That document that gets written before the deal when the before the deal is done and completed to say, and these are synergies we'll realise. Yeah, and then there's value creation, which is, and, and I'm going to come into this in two phrases. One is creating those longer-term things such as cross-sell, upsell. Yes, it's, um, it's a long-term value that you're looking for. Absolutely. Now, and those are the three criteria. But yeah. you introduced an interesting concept five yeah. minutes ago yeah. that, that you talked about the value Management office. Yes. Value creation office. Value creation. Value, office. no, no, value management office. Value uh, management right. office. Yeah. yeah. Now, and, and it, it, it threw a light bulb moment off in me because I, I sat there and I thought, of course, a deal goes through, you get deal closure, right? And then this army of people suddenly go raving mad, hmm. running all over the place, doing all of the tactical and operational work to bring the two companies together. Yeah. But inside all of that is some of the value creation. And it suddenly suddenly occurred to me when you talked about it, I went, wow, if you've actually got an office whose function is to hold the business accountable for the value creation aspect Mm -hmm. and also is a catalyst for creativity in terms of what other value the business can achieve now that you've brought the two companies together. That That's worth its weight in gold. And well, would you like me to sort of explain the concept of a value management office? Yeah, because, because what I would say is that from my experience today, it all gets mixed up in the integration stuff. Yeah, shall I? Um, yeah, shall I explain the the function? What, yeah, how, how it works. Yeah, because so, I think I that's think, something that uh, 
yeah. a lot of people will be interested to sort of, I think it's going to stop a lot of people and sort of go, whoa, hang on a minute, this has got some likes. Yeah, no, the, the value management office, it's not a common concept, but it's a natural progression, I think, in, in terms of maturity of thinking when it comes to M&A. A lot of organizations are quite familiar with a program office, a project management office. You, yep. know, you do that. Yep. You, you can understand it's very tactical. It's very operational. Correct. And all organizations, one way or another, have this sort of thing. Then we have a concept called an integration management office, which is commonly touted as something that you've got to set up if you're doing an integration, particularly a big one, and you need an office or a centralized function to oversee the actual integration and all the integrating activities connected and, with it. And, and let's, face, let's face it, that's something that global PMI partners are quite hot on. And that's quite hot on. That's true. But it is very much focused on the integration. The value management office takes this one step further. And what it does is it centers the mind, yes, on integration, but it's much more focused on what value that you're actually trying to deliver and centers the mind yes. on it. It yeah. is very much a business function and not just a project management function. Well, that's, um, that, that's why when you were talking earlier, that's why I said it was a light bulb moment for me yes. because the integration management office yes. will turn around and justify itself and go, oh, yeah, but we do all of that as part of the IMF. Yeah. But, it, but the, reality, the reality is yeah. – you're deep in the weeds. You're trying to you're trying to solve tactical and operational issues, yep. and you're trying to bolt things together and so on. And and yep. your logic says that if I do A and B and add C and D together, I should yep. get Y. But nobody actually holds you to account on that yep. whilst you're doing it. We all we all get to the end yep. and go, wow, what well, wasn't that great? And there's an assumption, but yeah. What you're talking about is this real actually being responsible for value creation on the role in real time. As yes, that. integrating is not enough. It's not enough to integrate two businesses and do that successfully. The objective is, or the outcomes you're looking to, is actually have produced the commercial results. And so it's very much oriented towards what you might say is doing the right thing and not just doing things right. You want to go one step beyond simply integrating and going into the actual value that you're delivering and making sure that you're always focused on that because that in itself determines the activities you want to perform when it comes to integration. So integrating sometimes, you might say, well, integrate these two departments, but not if it doesn't make value. If it doesn't make sense from a commercial perspective, then you don't do it. Just because it logistically and practically it might make sense, from a commercial perspective, it may not. So it's always having that commercial hat or that value management hat on at all times. And I think that steers, or at least that, that helps ensure better decision-making overall. Yeah. Now, I hope I don't lose our thread in this because yeah. there was an amusing thought came to me a minute ago. Yeah. You just came up with a statement that said it's about doing the right thing, not yeah. about doing things right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I, I thought to myself at the time, I thought, what are these days in about 20 years' time, someone yeah. will pick a book up? Quotes of Toby Tester. <laughs> well, yeah, we, it's, it's funny. I mean, it's it's like all these things, Rob. It's like if you kind of fly a plane, you're going to land at, at an airport, you want to make sure 
sure that not just the landing is right, but they actually landing at the right airport too. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it's doing the right thing and not just things right. I'd still come back to two points. Yeah, when you bring two companies together, mm. there's a deal thesis. Yeah, right. Now, as as we said last time, some of it's bleeding obvious. Right, we don't need two receptions. We don't need two sales organizations. You've got to be careful, by the way. When you say deal of, you, you've got to remember there's some very highly paid individuals who sweat producing <laughs> these transaction documents. And I think if you said that, oh, it's a bleed and obvious. I think they'll say, oh, hang on a second, mate. I well, spent you know weeks, months, maybe producing steel thesis. I, I don't, I don't decry the fact that it <laughs> takes a lot of yeah. effort to do there that. There is but a it, lot of effort. Is, yeah, yeah. But it is what I call the obvious ones. Yeah, yeah, low-hanging fruit, in other words. Right? Those, ter- those terms, yes. Quick yes. wins is another yeah. one. And, and no, they don't just happen overnight. Yeah, yes, yeah, you've got yeah. all the sort yeah. of workplace agreements and goodness of what else. That, yep, yep. Right? And, and then there's the longer-term value as well, which is also in my bleeding obvious bag yeah, yep. that says, righto, well, we've now got two sets of customers, so we can sell our stuff to them and their stuff to ours, yep. cross-sell and upsell. Yeah, yeah. And that's a value that's got to be achieved. Oh, indeed, indeed, yeah. Right, yeah, and, yeah. and it makes sense to have an office that's got all of those value creation buckets. Well, yeah, absolutely. Why, Rob? Because it keeps everybody honest. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Like, well, you, you've got to keep everybody steered in the right direction, talking the same talk, walking the same walk, working to the same outcomes, working to the same sort of like synergies or, or, or revenue uplift or whatever it might be. Well, and that's what a value management office really does. It gets everybody focused on the same things. Let me take a simple example. Yeah. Let's say you've identified $30 million of cross-sell. Yeah. And you believe that can be achieved in the next two years. Mm. Okay. Well, great. A value management office is going to say, right, okay, so I'm going to write that down. Two mm. years' time, and we will get an additional – $50 million from cross-sell. Yeah. And what that office can do is quarter by quarter measure the progress of that. Oh, indeed. And I think that's what the value management office it really yeah. is into the tracking element. It's always making sure that what we said was going to happen is indeed happening. And you have to be honest, Rob, I don't know about you, but I think that sort of thing gets forgotten so quickly and people are, oh, well, let's, let's bypass that. Well, it gets forgotten because the reality is yeah. that everybody's so damn busy yeah. uh, trying to make sure that the workplace agreements go through, that yeah. you've got the right indicators in place for the technology consolidation and yeah. the, the new pay rise and the, the mm. commission scheme for say, and all that lot, yeah. that what you don't do is you don't isolate that aspect of it and stick it under the microscope. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about having an office that's sitting above, Mm. if you like, Mm. and holding to some extent the IMO and the leadership team to account. Yeah. And almost saying, hang on guys, you said three months ago Mm. that you could drive $50 million worth of cross sell opportunity. Yeah, I always, I should say by the way, I, I think the the O or value management actually takes place replaces the IMO. It's not it's not something separate. It's really just it's doing the the job of the integration management office. It's just that that the people there are always focused on value, and that's what they're ultimately measuring, identifying, reporting that's, on. Well, okay, let me challenge that. Yeah, okay. 
the IMO, from my point of view, the people yeah. you put in it yeah. are tactical, operational, strategic people. Yes. Yeah. Right? And using my jigsaw analogy, you've got to put all the pieces together in the right order to yeah. make the pitch look right. Yeah. And there's an assumption that if you do all that, the synergies yeah. will be there. That's right. But you've actually got to have somebody that's also part of that picture. Well, that's the point. I think the part of the structure, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's just making sure that whoever heads up this IMO, or we, I call it VMO just to give it a different name, I think it's but great name. really comes down to always back to value because ultimately when they come back to report to the board, they're not so interested in, oh, well, you integrated these two systems. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. They want to know, well, what have you delivered in terms of shareholder value? That's what they're but, interested but in. That's what, that's what I mean. Yep. There's all this tactical stuff going on, yep. but somebody's got to have their eye on the ball and going, yeah, well done, guys. You've got all systems bolted together. Yep. Yep. So what? Yeah, exactly. Has, has yeah. that actually driven any value for the business? And I think the interesting thing here is, Rob, and I, just, I don't know about your experience, but it's actually quantifying that and saying, yes. oh, we yeah. delivered like 10 million cost savings or, or 15 million revenue, or can you actually quantify it? And I think a lot of people actually, an organization will actually have a hard job doing it. There's a phrase, Michael Edwards, yeah. uh, chairman of Dunlop. Right. You could go to him with those sort of statements and you could say, right, we've just done X, Y, and Z and we've achieved $25 yeah. million. Right? Yeah. And he, the question he used to ask was, great, can I bank it? Yeah. Meaning, you know, I don't want to see some theoretical calculation that says, well... I think this is uh, a real important point, actually, Rob, but you, when is. you calculate it, you've got to be very uh, strict. And, and that's where the value management office comes into it. It, it, it puts rigor into the whole calculations of what those synergies might be, knowing how complicated this can be. This is genuinely complicated work because yeah. the value might be through improved productivity. It's yeah. not so much you're not losing people, it's just basically making more people more productive. Yeah. And so you don't need to hire people. But um, you used a word earlier on, and I think yeah. this is the, the, the crux of it all. Yeah. The word you used was quantify. Quantify, yeah. Right. And, and, what I think we're both talking about, same thing, mm. is that mm. I could give you a spreadsheet mm. and I can say, last month it was X, this month it's Y, mm. Y minus X equals mm. bang. And I can show you a theoretical calculation, but that's all it is. What you really want to see in a value management office is that value actually realized. You can point to it. That's right. That's yeah. right. And I think that's where the real tracking element, and it's you're keeping not only other people honest, you're keeping yourself honest too, to say this is a kind of a really fairly rigorous thing to do. But I think it's quite cathartic because it really focuses people to think hard about when they say, oh, this is going to save a mozza or this is going to create this much revenue. Okay, guys, well, let's just work that exactly how that's going to work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And let's do the calculations and let's see how confident we are about those calculations. Is this like something that we can actually identify, track, and measure? Or is this something that is just basically, well, broadly it's right and but not sure? Well, if it's that's if that's the kind of case, you you're not that's that's, that's not being helpful. No, that's where I come back to the yeah. point of Edward saying, can you bank it? Yeah. Right? yeah. Because I've been in too many scenarios in business where somebody says, right, we're going we're to achieve X value. And the end of first quarter, 
and everybody's jumping up and down. They're going, yeah, look at that. There's this, this $5 million towards our target. Yeah. Right. And everybody goes, fantastic. It's all working. And then you get to the end of the next quarter and you find out that all that $5 million that you just heard last quarter has actually disappeared now because you've gone backwards this quarter. Yeah. And yeah. so, Value in M and A isn't something yeah. that just materializes at a specific dating point. No. It accumulates over it time. It does. It does. It's also something you actually have to work at to deliver as well. It Correct. just doesn't happen on its own. Correct. It's yeah. not like oh, it just happens type stuff. No, sometimes you quite often, well, more often than not, you actually have to work at it to perform a set of actions or initiatives, whether it's a, a mini project, whatever it may be, there's a certain set of things you need to do in order to deliver that value. And you, yeah. need, so you need to track, manage, and control all that. Yeah. Now, there's a couple of things just come into my head yeah. as part of that. Yeah. And for me, what that's saying is that that value management office has got responsibility for quant tracking and quantifying the value yes and maintaining the progress of that value yes and i'm going to make a statement and say that the individuals that are fulfilling that role can't be accountants. Yeah, no, I agree with you, actually. It's funny because so often people see that as being part of the accounting function because I've had this conversation before, and I would agree with you. It isn't because you're actually... It's accounting, with all due respect, I think sometimes accounting can be a somewhat reactive exercise. In other words, you're just basically measuring and reporting on results. Whereas this is actually a leadership function. You're actually really bringing the organization to think, talk, behave around yes. value yes. and yeah. it's actually it's the conversation it's the management routines it's the leadership focus you're providing to give direction to the executives and all the other people to always think about the outcomes that you're delivering from your and, work and by the way let's not tread on finance it's, finance are a very strong Absolutely, Part, partner to this process. I, is, I, absolutely, I see. They're a service kind of, agent to you. They are. They're kind of like almost like exactly a service agent. They're actually kind of like providing the apparatus, the tools, the measurement, the tracking behind the scenes. All of that. Yeah. yeah. Value management office. Uh, I agree, Rob. Is a very much a leadership function. Again, it's leadership. You're, yeah. You're, you're guiding yeah. individuals towards thinking about cost, thinking and, about revenue, and always the conversation, whether it's in meetings or whatever, always comes back down to, that sounds great, what's the business case? Which, which is why I was saying earlier that whilst it might be an integral part of IMO, hmm. it's actually a higher authority. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is. It is a higher authority because it's a business function. It's not just a project management function. Yeah. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, that's, that's really what it is. You it's, don't it, think of it as as project management. No, uh, in, in fact, in in the hierarchy of things, it's closer to God. Well, <laughs> well, there yeah. we go. That's a bit of a stretch there, Rob. But they, wow, no, yeah, that really? that that function. <laughs> what I mean, what I meant to yeah. say was that function <laughs> is going to have a much closer relationship to the executive leadership team. Absolutely, yeah. You, 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 I have to be honest. If you're a CEO, you'd want to be close because his or her success you, is ultimately you, dependent upon the delivery of that value. You'd almost want the VMO people to be in the office next door to you. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. funny you say that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
take this on the next. I'm just conscious of our time, but we can yeah, talk yeah, more yeah, about yeah, this next yeah. time. But I'm going to take it on another step now. Okay. Because one of the things you talked about last time, and I'm really in agreement with this, mm. is that there's another function of the VMO, which is about seeing the value that's available when the two businesses come together. In other words, not that value that we can all point at what I call the bleeding obvious. The yeah, bit that says, yeah, 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 we've got cross-sell, upsell, we've yep. got yep. operational efficiencies and all that stuff. Yeah. But the actual hidden value, the bit that says, hang on a minute, that design office in, in that new acquisition have got X, Y, and Z capability. And if we add that into the skill that our design office, yeah. we can create a whole range of new products that we hadn't even thought about. That's what I call buried treasure, Rob. Yes, you do. That's right. That's almost right back to our first podcast. When, <laughs> That's very <know>. treasure. <laughs> it is. I can explain another way, actually, Rob, because I thought about this one. It's kind of like it's a mind-expanding exercise. It's, or another way of looking is opening the aperture. So often in life, you look at things in a very restrictive sort of way. What you do is you broaden the horizons. You look at the possibilities. So you're saying, what else could we be doing? What are the possibilities? And it's sort of widening the aperture to seeing what new things you could be doing and what are those significant profit pools or those significant pools of opportunity that you're perhaps yeah. not seeing. So yeah. it's really being very entrepreneurial. There's a big entrepreneurial side to this, but at the same time being rigorous too. So there's a combination of entrepreneurship and management rigor. And what I, what I was going to say was that yeah. during the original deal strategy, these things don't come to the surface. You can't see them yet. No, that's right. No, you know, they're not. At the deal strategy level, the high-level thing says, yes, strategically, this is a good deal for us. You can see mm, the revenue mm. gain. You can see the profitability benefits, mm. the brand strength, whatever yep. it may be. Yep. But it's only when you bring the two companies together that yep. with, with the right people focused on it, yep. they almost get that eureka moment of, hang on yeah. a second, why I agree. I agree. And one of the things I'm a big advocate of, I don't know about you, Rob, but I'm a big advocate of having sort of synergy workshops. So you you get people together into a room and you make it a sort of a fun sort of game in so far as you you challenge people to think how about what what could be done now that we're together. Yep. And you go yep. through that whole ideation, look at all the ideas and start mapping them out and listening to ideas and then start sifting through them, which ones actually have got legs on them or not. Some of them might have legs but turn out to be too risky. That's right. Um, the, again, again, that's that whole risk opportunity thing, that common matrix we often find ourselves drawing up. This is why I say I had this eureka moment because mm. I can see – value management role is yeah. clearly a senior executive role. So, and it's not yes. a finance role. It's someone no, that has got business skills and knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Very, a, very commercial. At a high enough level that they can command attention from the leadership team. I agree. And there are also people who can kick off the process. In other words, I've got an idea. I think we should explore why. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, have the authority and the support to be able to run that idea through its paces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you can know that you can often think of this as innovation, like it's like 
how to it. It innovate is. our way through this. And so I think value management offices is about innovation. It's about entrepreneurship, but it's also about having those management disciplines at the same time. I'm, I'm not a big believer in acronyms because they get yeah, <laughs> yeah. cause all sorts of confusion. But again, I can almost see a BMO, in other yeah. words, the value management office, morphing into the value innovation office. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I do see it right. being synonymous with innovation. Absolutely. Because but what I'm very careful of, though, is there's one, I don't know about you, Rob, but I'm really careful about innovation because sometimes you go up with the pixies and you can go ahead and do all sorts of things, all these things are possible and that sort of thing. But you've got to kind of bring it in hard back to that that good old management discipline of identifying, tracking, and measuring values. So it's always quantifiable what you're doing. Yeah. And you're not letting people go off and, I don't know, have all their fun and games with their innovation ideas. It, well, it's what I talked about earlier when we were chatting before this podcast. Mm-hmm. So my experience has been with large sales initiatives. Mm-hmm. And the example I used was, you've got a sales team that's going to break into a new industry or a new yep. geography. Yeah. Right? And yep. everybody, everybody sits down and goes, yeah, right. We could do $50 million yeah. of yeah. new revenue. Right. Yeah. Well, in your analogy, the VMO yeah. is got to sit down and go, okay, guys, 50 million. Right. I'll write that down. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just when are we going to get that 50 million? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then every quarter, that individual's going to hold you accountable and go, well, hang on a minute. Last quarter, you said 50 million. So how much of that can I put in the bank now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And they're going to hold you accountable to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then what we're talking about here then is that when you move to value innovation, we're talking about individuals that can see an opportunity and have got enough seniority in the business that they can say to the leadership team, we are going to invest X amount of time and money Mm. in testing this theory out. And we're going to follow it through all of its stages. And, and you're right with, by the way, saying testing this theory out because it is about having a hypothesis or an idea. And one of the worst things you can do is go ahead and say, oh, let's go ahead and run it and spend God knows exactly. how much money. What you've got to do is give a certain amount of, just like you do in any kind of startup or any kind of initiative, you give a little bit of seed funding, see how it goes, maybe do a concept or a pilot. And if that works, then maybe into a prototype and then you start rolling it out and then you start scaling up once that this theory in actual fact does indeed work in practice and in fact i'm going to bring this back to some very simple principles yeah so back in my sap days if you've got an initiative that you wanted or an innovative idea or whatever Mm -hmm. you've got the opportunity to get up in front of the operating board and ask for money to go and do this yeah and you had to have five slides yeah right and this can apply to value innovation as well yeah yeah and basically it was what do you want to do yeah how much money do you need to make it happen yeah what are the results going to be what's the timeline to getting those results yeah and how much risk is involved Mm, mm. those were your five slides right yeah it's it's a very good way of putting it and if you couldn't lay it if you couldn't lay it out in that simplicity now what the operating board would then do so you'd say right i want to do this i need 10 million i can bring 30 million dollars back in two years time across six quarters 
and there's a 30% risk, for example, mm. right? yep. the board might then turn around to your point and say, okay, Rob, that actually sounds like it's got some legs. Yeah. You've asked for $10 million. We'll give you three. We'll yeah. give you three to get in six months' time. We want you to come back to this operating board and show us this, this, and this. And if you do, you'll get your other $7 million. And that's what we're talking about. That's what that it is. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I think, Robert, it's a very good concept, but I must I just don't want to often see. I've personally toyed around with the idea a fair bit. And in some respects, I do it all in but name. In other words, I, I go ahead and do these things, but I don't actually call it value management office. But that's really what it, that's, that's the idea. What you've done is you put a name to the concept that yeah. you, you apply, yeah. and it just, it just fits in with all the other stuff you do. And so I, I think this has been a damn good conversation. I think... One of the things we've both said is companies don't necessarily do this. That sort of discipline isn't present no, it isn't really, in a lot no. of deals. No. And I know you're about to start doing that with the deal that you're working on at the moment. Why don't we, next mm. time, actually break that down as a bit of a case study into, okay, how do you go about doing this? Okay. How do you set it up? Okay. Okay. Sounds like a good idea, Rob. Yeah. Very good indeed. Good conversation to have next time is we've talked about the principle. We've talked about how sensible it should be. We've talked about the seniority of people. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about practical aspects. Like what are the how do you how do you make it happen? Okay. Sounds like good that sounds like a very good idea, Rob. Very good indeed. Well, that's been another great conversation, Toby. It's all another great podcast. <laughs> and uh, we shall be back in a couple of weeks probably to talk about this more. So, uh, other than that, it's just my duty to say bye for now. And goodbye for me, myself as well. <laughs> <laughs>